0: What prejudices keep you from reaching out to others with the love of Jesus? What ugly words and thoughts offend your Lord and compromise your witness? Would you pray with me? Father God, I am guilty. We are guilty. Help us see our guilt and come to you for help. By the power of your Holy Spirit at work in us, move us to heartfelt repentance and change our lives. Move us confidently to see that we are forgiven and freed. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, like it or not, those are fair questions to ask of ourselves. What prejudices, what prejudices keep you from reaching out to others with the love of Jesus? And what ugly words and thoughts offend your Lord and compromise your witness? You see, they're they're fair questions to ask because we're not the first ones that have had prejudice hold us back from sharing the love of Jesus Christ with others. No, it, it goes back thousands of years. Even though Jesus himself said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life." Even though Jesus said that himself, people for centuries have been afraid to share this truth, this love of Jesus Christ, with people not like them, those that they're prejudiced against. Peter was one of those people. He too forgot that God so loved the world. Listen to what was going on. Gonna, we're going to be in Acts 10. We'll get to Acts 11 eventually, but I, I want to I bring you to, to fully understand what was happening here before we get to Acts 11. Peter is up on a roof and he's praying. It's the noon hour, and you know, naturally around the noon hour, you, you start to feel. Hungry, right? So, so, so Peter's on the roof praying and, and he's hungry and he's waiting for this meal at this house to be prepared. And, and while he's up there praying, he falls into this trance where he sees the same vision three times. The sky is opened. A large sheet is let down by its four corners and the sheep contained all sorts of animals, birds, and reptiles. And a voice comes to Peter and says, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. Peter said, no. Peter said, no, Lord, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. Peter didn't have the last word, though. The voice spoke again and said, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. So now here's Peter. He's confused. He's wondering, what in the world does all this mean? And and while he's thinking through all this, the Holy Spirit shows up. That Holy Spirit, right? We've we've learned a lot about him in the last four weeks or so. The the Holy Spirit, the one who who gives power to those he resides in to be Jesus' witnesses. So the Holy Spirit shows up and says to Peter, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. You see that word again? Every single week it shows up. Two letters, G-O. Go. And this time the Holy Spirit adds, go without hesitation. So, So Peter goes down and he hears them out and then... He invites them in to stay for the night, and the next day, he went with these men. But he didn't go alone. Six of his brothers came with him, and they walked, and they walked, and they walked. And finally, the next day, they arrived in Caesarea, where this man named Cornelius was. Cornelius was waiting in his home with his relatives, his servants, his friends, all there with him, waiting for Peter to show up. And what happens next is only because of the Holy Spirit. Peter did something out of his comfort zone. He broke a whole bunch of Jewish laws, and he entered into Cornelius' house... And he associated with those people, those Romans, those Gentiles. You know what? Peter was scared. He was nervous. He was not comfortable. But guess what? These are all good things. They're all good things because now Peter got out of the way and he allowed the Holy Spirit to work through him. remember that vision that that Peter had three times? God showed Peter there that he should not think of anyone as impure or unclean. God showed Peter that he should not be prejudiced against anyone. Now he saw that Jesus truly meant what he said for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life so now you've got peter in here and you've got cornelius and his friends and his family and cornelius wants to know more you see this guy cornelius he wanted to grow he wanted what peter had he wanted jesus now cornelius was religious he, he was devoted. He was generous. He was respected as well. But he was still separated from God. Why? Because he didn't understand the Gospel. So God sent Peter, Pull him out of his comfort zone, and he went to him. He didn't wait for Cornelius to come. No, God sent Peter to him. And friends, I think that is a hugely important part of this whole story. God sent Peter to him. Now, how did he do that? Through Peter's time of prayer. Remember, he went up to the roof to pray. And that's where God spoke to him. You see, Cornelius, too, was praying at that time. And he was told in his prayers that a man named Simon Peter was coming to him. Friends, right now, people are waiting to hear the gospel. Right now, they are waiting for us to come to them as directed by the Holy Spirit revealed to us in prayer They're not coming in here People like Cornelius who are devoted and generous and respected But missing the gospel truth They're not just coming in here. So if they're not coming to us We need to go to them We need to understand them. We need to drop our ugly words and thoughts and allow the Holy Spirit to work. Yes, that means we need to get out of our comfort zones. Here's the thing. Satan does not like it when Christians move out of their comfort zones. Satan does not like it when the disciples of Jesus Christ move out of their comfort zones. No, he likes it when the followers of Jesus stay all safe and sound in what they've always done. He likes it when they don't have an urgency to go. He likes it when, when believers of Jesus just stick with the status quo. Satan attacks the church when the church gets comfortable. But the church has a message that is more powerful than Satan. The church has a redeemer. The church has the power giver in the Holy Spirit. The church has what Cornelius and so many others want and need. And, friends, you are the church. This is a church building, we worship here, but you are the church. You have Jesus. You have Jesus who came for you all. You have something inside your heart that many people are missing, that many people are seeking in this country, in this city, and in your neighborhoods. You also have the power You have the Holy Spirit who speaks God's word through you. You see, that's what happened with Peter. The fisherman turned preacher. God clearly showed Peter that he has no favorites. God clearly showed Peter that he is for all. So out of his comfort zone, filled with the Spirit, Peter shares with Cornelius and everyone in that house a brief and powerful message of the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Acts 10, 37 to 43. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism of John that that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. Not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. What Peter does here in these six short sentences shows us, shows you, that your witness for Christ does not have to be long to be effective. It should be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who who gives you words to speak. And it should be centered on Christ. The Savior of the world. That's it. That's it. Because the Holy Spirit does the rest. God prepares the hearts of those he sends you to. That Holy Spirit that came upon the family and friends of Cornelius and and Cornelius that day, as Peter was sharing the story, this good news of Jesus, shocked Peter and the believers. The Holy Spirit appeared on these people. They were shocked. They, they, They could not believe that this Holy Spirit, who was for them, came upon these people. But here's the thing. No one could reject what happened. None of them. And because of this, they were all baptized after they received the Holy Spirit. And then Peter stayed around a few more days to teach them, to equip them before he went home. You see, God does the work, friends. God does the work through you. You don't have to have big, fancy words or a long explanation, you just tell the story. You just tell the story of how God's worked in your life to those people he puts before you. And here's the thing. You don't worry about what others are saying. You don't worry about what others think. You don't worry about the fact that they may criticize you for being friends with these people. Or having lunch with these people. Or talking to those people. It doesn't matter. And that's where we pick up our text today from Acts chapter 11. Word travels fast. Even before text messaging and social media, big things happen. Word travels fast. So the other apostles and the believers heard this in Judea. So upon his return now to Jerusalem, Peter is criticized. He was mocked. He was made fun of. You went in their houses? Who do you think you are? You ate with them? How dare you? How dare you, Peter? They're Gentiles. And Peter's response? The whole story. The whole truth. And then he sums it up so well in Acts 11, verse 17. He says this, If God gave them the same gift as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? With that response, everyone shut The intellectual questions ended. The theological discussion stopped. God had given the Gentiles the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ came and died for them, too. They had to accept it. Jesus Christ came for them. They had to accept it. God chose those people to be his people too. And the majority of them, they glorified God. Not everybody. But the majority of them glorified God. They praised God for the Gentiles too. Now had that privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving forgiveness and eternal life. Friends, this was a tremendous turning point in the church. And I believe in America, we come to a similar turning point in the church today. Jesus Christ clearly teaches that he has come for all. Jesus clearly teaches that he died for all and he rose for all. Jesus also clearly teaches that he sends us to all. Remember Acts 1.8? You're going to know it by the time you, you die, you know. It's our theme verse, Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Friends, we have to make sure we understand the emphasis on the words here that he sends us out. I know you may be starting to think, well, Pastor Scott, you're just a broken record. Well, maybe, but this is what the scripture says. He sends us out to those whom he is preparing. He he sends us out to those who don't walk in our front doors. He even sometimes sends us out of our comfort zones to meet them. How do we know to go? How do we know what to do? Same thing as Peter. We pray. We pray. And church, that's what we've been doing. We've been praying and asking to whom God is sending us. We've been praying as the board of directors, what does that look like? And and how is that different than what we've been doing? And and here's the thing, friends, if this is God's plan for His church, who are we to stand in the way? Who are we to say, no, I don't think so? Friends, you and I, we, we stand in this posture of receiving God's grace, love, and mercy through Jesus Christ. Every day, freely given and freely received. Don't those who don't come need this? Don't those who don't know need this? Of course. So if God wants to send us to these people... If God wants us to do something differently, and He has brought it to us in prayer, what else can we do but allow Jesus' words from John three sixteen, Acts one eight, and Peter's words from Acts eleven seventeen to fill our hearts and minds, and ask the Holy Spirit to work powerfully in us? For if God intends all to be saved. And sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for all. And we are sent to take this truth out. Who are we? Who am I that I could stand in God's way? In Jesus' name, amen and amen.